coming and over a period of time sort of to, to a large extent both of our interest was in more of the nature and forestry aspect of things and as a natural progression from organic farming we both wanted to to create something that would continue into perpetuity which would last for hundreds and hundreds of years far beyond our lifetime and that's when after we moved on from organic farming uh we acquired this piece of land to actually set out to, to do what we're doing now to afforest it so that it would continue in, into way past our lifetimes super and correct me if i'm wrong but you're 38 years old right now that's right and before this you actually were in a full-fledged corporate job <laughs> yeah like you were a chartered accountant and you took a corporate job so so talk to me about that and why you decided to kind of leave that i mean it's pretty obvious this life that you're living right now is way more fulfilling but take me through that journey of your life you know i think i realized that at a certain point in time that uh, uh i didn't know it at that point in time but if if you read the book sapiens you know he talks about the i am reading it right now i'm reading it right now okay cool ha huh. tell me which part uh, i didn't i didn't think about it this way then but if you think about it most of us constantly live in this realm of imagined reality yeah, all of it democracy money uh, all of these things are mental constructs uh and i think when i was working at at my corporate job part of the reason why these things aren't fulfilling is because these are all imagined concepts you know you don't look at it that way but and i didn't then but i realized that in the larger scheme of things what i was doing really didn't matter and there was this draw to to the natural world very early on and i think in many ways i was fortunate that my father had been on a similar journey before me so he he was he's a doctor and he had also got into organic farming and i had the opportunity then to sort of express express myself because he had taken a slight back seat you know it was an interesting time because while he was actively involved there was a few years where he was not and that was the time when i actually got to to get my space to sort of try the things i wanted to do and i think it was largely that you know i, I my uh, while i loved my work i didn't see it fulfilling you know part of me that that was wanting that life experience This is such a uh, beautiful concept that you brought up because I mean I, I let's be honest both of us cannot do justice to explaining it uh, on an interview like this but people need to read the book to know what you know uh, you're talking about but I I totally get it right off the bat if someone has read Yuval Noah Harari you know it you know it off the bat There are people who complain about blues and there are people who listen to Good Morning Bangalore with K hey. Let's go 94.3 One world your station K Spotlight This is Good Morning Bangalore with K Looking at what you guys have done Talk to me about where this hundred acres between Tamil Nadu and Karnataka was, yeah. and and why it was like that before you guys stepped in five years ago. So, so Vanatra is in a place called Shulagiri, which is uh, about sixty kilometers from you know proper Bangalore city center. It is in in Tamil Nadu, just across the border. Part of the reason why most lands are uh, you know not fertile is because of uh, excessive chemical and pesticide use. over a long period of time the the green revolution which started in the 1960s basically thrived on the concept of using a large amount of chemical inputs and i think at that point in time they didn't understand how much of damage and harm that could cause so sure. what people don't realize is that the soil is actually alive you know what what makes it tick is the microorganisms in the soil which break down the nutrients and allow the plants to to consume them mm. but when you use chemicals 
kill those uh, microorganisms. Right. And that's why most lands are barren. And it's a system where you know you have to bring that life back into the soil by using natural means, you know, farmyard manure, biomass, things like that. The reason we chose this space was while while it was barren, it's it's quite scenic, you know? so it still had that charm and beauty, and and it was close enough to the city to be convenient, you know, for, but at the same time tucked away a little bit, so it continues to be rural and large enough to create a micro climate. You work with one, two acre or five acre parcels of land, uh, you're still very dependent on what your neighbors do. Sure. You know, if, if they're continuing to pollute the groundwater, that affects you. Mm. Uh, these chemicals move through the air. But if you have a hundred acres, you're at least to some extent buffered from all of these. Right, right. Varun, in the past, you've also developed three Miyawaki forests by uh, planting about 40,000 trees across Bengaluru. You seem yeah. to have a deep-rooted roots, almost like in the soil. Where did this love for the soil come from and, you know, personally for you? It's tough to say, honestly. Mm. You know, you, 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 you sort of... I mean, there are, there are experiences that will sort of, like, influence you. You, know? you. you find that certain things move you. And if you're sort of to some extent fortunate enough to act on them and see if that's that is your so-called calling, then you know. So I think to some extent for me, like the, the science, if I look back now, were quite obvious. You know, I stopped eating meat as a 10-year-old because I, I sort of felt uh, concerned about about that life. You know, I think I, uh, even while I was working at, at my full-time job as a child accountant, I was looking at uh, ways to alleviate climate change, switching off people's monitors, switching off lights at the end of the day, you know? So uh, I, it, it, it was constantly this this sense of uh, of wanting to, to be able to help what I thought was, was uh, to some extent, alleviating climate change. To some extent, it's also quite obvious, right? Every, every solution we largely have out there is reducing consumption. Sure. You know, ev- everything, even if you move to solar, you're moving to solar and you're, you know, you're not consuming coal, but it's, it's a different means of consumption. Whereas you know for a fact that afforestation reverses it. Everything else is, is a reduction, largely. So it, it became sort of obvious in that sense. Can I ask you about how, you know, while setting up this community forest, um, it also has like a lot of facilities like, for example, an animal farm, a kids play area, an open open walking area and an outdoor gym as well. I'm yeah. sure the idea is to get more people interested in doing what you do in such a simple thing. You know, as more people kind of get interested in it, we'll have more green warriors across uh, across Bangalore, across the uh, the country, in fact. And that's the hope. Yeah, I think I think largely I think my thought process comes from, you know, we we are fundamentally animals, right? It's it's been a few thousand years that we moved away from that way of living. Yeah. But fundamentally we are uh, animals and we live in a very uh, artificial world. You know, it's a very dead environment. You live in these uh, concrete towers, you move around in these metallic objects which are inert, you go to offices that are, again, dead spaces. So we've largely lost that connect with the natural world. Uh, and and the idea of, of Varantara is to allow people to live in the natural world the way we were supposed to be to some extent. You mm, know? Yeah. Uh, however, at the same time, everyone has gotten used to certain creature comforts. <laughs> uh, that is the, the reality of it. It's very difficult for most people to move to a very, very stoic lifestyle, very yeah, yeah. basic lifestyle. Absolutely. So, 
So the idea is to create, is to be able to create these natural spaces, but also allow people to enjoy themselves and, and live as comfortable a life as possible. So, so all of these things are to, to help facilitate that journey. Looking forward to partying on the weekend is so yesterday when you have a party on the airwaves every morning. Every morning. You're okay. One World, your station. K Spotlight. This is Good Morning Bangalore with K. Last, but definitely not the least, before I let you go, I want to ask you two things. If, say, for example, someone's listening to you right now and is motivated to move to a greener way of life in their small capacity, what would be your top three recommendations for them? And last, but definitely not the least, tell everybody where they can reach out to you and be part of your journey as well and make that their own. So if, if, if somebody had to move to a, a greener way of living, right? I think it's, uh, this is to some extent... Uh, you're going to upset a lot of people, <laughs> but I think the switch to I think the switch to, to being vegetarian is one of the biggest ones you could do. Right, the carbon footprint on on meat and the meat industry is significant. I think that that is significant one. Uh, although I realize that it's it's a hard one for most people to make. The other two just come come down to consumption patterns. You know, for each person, it's different. Like you look at your lifestyle and you see. If, 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 it's, if it's commute or if it's how you consume electricity, going solar is, is the next big shift that most people could do. The challenge with that always is that you need enough people to do it for it to become affordable for the majority. Sure. And I think if, if there's somebody out there who, who can afford that, then as an early adopter, you're doing a great service to all of humanity by making that switch possible for the rest of humanity. So I think essentially these two and, and planting trees being part of tree planting initiatives, uh, if you can't give time contributing financially the way you can, because uh, a lot of times it is it is that you know I, I get I get to do what, what what I like to do because there are many people who've bought into this idea financially. Sure. You know? So so you need sure. some people to be financially contributed, and you need hands on the ground. So you know I think one is reduction of consumption, and the second one is uh, alleviating the global climate crisis itself. These these two are the obvious options that I see. If anyone would like to reach out to us, you know, our website is www.panantara.com. Our Instagram page is Panantara Forest Farms. You can see all the work we do and reach out to us, uh, to us through that. Perfect. Varun Ravindra, like I said, is uh, one of the founding members of Vanantara, basically breathing life into a hundred acre of the barren land is what he and his team have done. I want to thank you for being on the show. This is, you know, to hear your story is uh, inspiring to say the least. And I wish you and the entire team all the very best. May more people take to the lifestyle that you and I only dream of becoming more normal. And here's hoping that one day it becomes more of a normal thing uh, rather than say for example a stark one-off here and there I, I hope so too I hope you know I think the best thing would be if people take a page from this and, and replicate you know what they think we are doing right so that there are many more greener pockets like this thank you Kay ladies and gentlemen get to know him off air too have you followed him on Facebook Instagram and Twitter yet at off air with K. slide into his DMs now 94.3 Radio 1 one world, your station.